Hey guys, what's going on? This is Cheney180, and I'm playing with myself. That was an uh, uh, abrupt little thing there. I'm not quite sure what happened. <laughs> the intro just stopped dead in the water. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we have a very special guest tonight. We have Blake Wright, uh, author of Toys of Time Forgot. Am I correct with that? Is that correct titling there? I don't want to mess that, that up. Is the correct, that is the correct title. Toys that time forgot. All right. Volume one, two, two. and three coming. And coming soon, three. Nice. All right. Unfortunately, the Fallen Fett cannot be with us tonight. Um, he has basically expended all of his energy this week searching for uh, McDonald's Heisey Orange uh, what is it? Lava burst. Lava burst. Yeah. The new, the return of orange lava burst. Yes. He had to go memes because he, he couldn't find his orange lava burst yet. He has been looking all week long, uh, and of no avail. He just nothing yet. So he he had to go to sleep. He was a very tired man. So we will we will try to hold down the reins without him. We'll we'll do our best. I don't have faith in myself. Yeah, yeah. And, and I forgot. See, I've already derailed the show. Um, you're listening to another episode of They're Not Dolls. Episode 216. 216. All right. Okay, well, let's see. Let, let's move along here, Adam. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know what time it is. How are our chat amigos doing? All right. What's up, guys? If you haven't already, go hit that thumbs up button, please. Like, come on. You know the deal by now. And click that little subscribe button. The little bell next to it, you can click all so you get all notifications. So whenever we're going live on the quickie minis or the full episodes like tonight, it will tell you. It's great. It's great how that works. So just do it, please. Cheney will appreciate it don't let your dreams be dreams just do it that's that's just, valid just just do it words to live just do it i'm just gonna get that do it old english tattooed <laughs> in my chest yeah uh, <laughs> i love it i don't think it would surprise anyone if i had old english just do it tattooed i don't know whatever no anyway let's check in with the chat amigos how's it going First one in there, the wrestling hound. Woo! Woo! Uh, we got Knucklehead and Action Figure Expert and Santo1414, Dark Bulb, Action Figure Boncho, Dorian G, Thundercrow is in there. Some guy named Adam Van Wickler is in there. Uh, Prime to the first. What's up, man? What's up? welcome back he's a guest from like what was it last week or the week before week i have before, no sense of time yeah, yeah. It's, it's like groundhog's day yep like literally every day every day is uh, exactly the same ryan carper in there just jeff 45 soul brother born to hula salvador sandoval dorian g evan moyer johnny number cinco nicks figs victor simmons papa schmitty someone just wrote and it jumped See, you guys messing me up. Just don't write while I'm saying your names. Come on. Uh, Tyrone Tyrone Wested. I said Papa Schmitty, I think. Oxmeat Pete, Renee Garcia, Salicious Crumb, Mr. William, Soul Brother, Enrique Salazar, 
fight in code names. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. And Chamba cool just checked in. Oh, and like nice. everyone, go check out Chamba's Instagram page. His art is awesome. Mm-hmm. Someday mm-hmm. I, I hope to work with you, kind sir. Mm-hmm. So that's right. it. Chat Migos. Um, all of you, please go hit that thumbs up now and like and share. Share with all your friends. Let them know we're here. Oh, that's the part I forgot. See, that's why Ernie needs to be here. Yep, yep. I did and we're... not remind everyone. Go share on Instagram, Facebook. Tell your friends. Tell your family. We're live. And yep. we're going to be talking about the, the toys that time forgot here. Indeed. Oh, yeah. our moderator, Urban Spidey, has joined us. Oh, nice. Welcome, Adam number two slash Spidey number two. Mm-hmm. So... So Blake, can you uh, give our listeners here a uh, a general idea of who you are and what you do, sir? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, my name is Blake Wright. I am currently in Houston, Texas. Which, if you're anywhere near a news program, you probably know we've been in the news a lot this week, uh, battling with some wicked winter weather that we're not really used to down this way. So I'm actually currently not at my house. I am without power at my house. So I'm at my wife's best friend's house uh, doing the chat Migo, uh, doing the Dude, Amigos thing. You're a champion for that. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> thank just, you. Just, you got to do what you got to do. What you got to do, right? The fact that like, and this is happening like during your Kickstarter campaign too. Oh no, yeah, I, just, I can only imagine the added stress. Yeah, no, it's uh, not ideal. But there you go. Uh, nothing over the past 12, 13 months has been ideal. But. Nope. Um, in any case, uh, I'm a, a, a journalist by trade. I, you know, have a degree in journalism. I've been practicing journalism for over 25 years, mostly covering uh, news out of the energy business. Um, about uh, let's see, seven years ago, I started down a track uh, to become a bit of a a toy news guy. I, I launched an online Little plastic ma- men. I launched an online magazine in 2014 <laughs> called little plastic. Men. I had to say it just cause I wanted to make yeah. sure I had the cred that I knew you way back then. Yeah. So I did that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst at interjecting Blake. I'm sorry. Ahead, I swear man, it's, it's only because I wanted to gush over little plastic men, little plastic men. I, you're going to describe it better than I will, but it was like an, an, internet magazine for lack mm-hmm. of a better way to describe it you, you'll describe it better but it filled <laughs> filled my heart because i think we lost toy fair magazine in like 2010 2011 thereabouts yeah, and I think it was a, a, yeah it was like a couple years later that you did little plastic men and mm-hmm. you you had a few issues and other things spun out of it but i was i just want to say i was a fan even back then i wanted yeah. something to take over for toy fair so could, yeah. tell us about Little Plastic Men. Sorry. Yeah, so we no. did. So I, I did Little Plastic Men as a quarterly during 2014. So we did four issues, and uh, out of, in each of those issues, there was a recurring column called "Prototypically Unproductive," and that was the column about unproduced toys. So we did, uh, like I said, four of them. So there was uh, Sectors Series Two was one of them. Earthworm Jim Series Two was one of them. Uh, the end of or the sale of soda toys was one of them and Palisade Sesame street. Uh, now all four of those were basically, uh, expanded upon and put in volume one of the book. Um, so, but once I stopped doing little plastic men, I only did it for that one year. Um, 
this is kind of how the book came to be, uh, at least the first one. Uh, I started getting a lot of feedback from people who were sad to see it go and, uh, and really wanted to, uh, try to figure out a way for the magazine to keep going and, and financially and, and, and time-wise, it just wasn't going to happen, but I was, uh, humbled by the outpouring. So I said, okay, let me do one more issue and it'll be all unproduced toys because everybody tend, you know, like that column a lot. So I started down a path of researching that was going to be just LPM number five. Uh, and as I started digging and talking with sources and, you know, combing the dark corners of the internet, uh, I came to the conclusion that it deserved to be a lot more than just a PDF thrown up on, you know, on, on a website. Someone should really do a book on this subject. So um, not really seeing anybody taking up the mantle to do that, I uh, dummied together about 20 pages on an iPad. And I went to Toy Fair in February of 2015. And I walked around to some of my contacts and basically handed them the iPad and asked them to talk me out of doing this. <laughs> and nobody did. Uh, everybody was really kind of excited about the prospect. Um, so when I came back and I told my wife, hey, it looks like I'm writing a book, uh, which is something I had never done before. Uh, and then over the next two years, I traveled extensively. I did a ton of interviews. I took a ton of pictures and a ton of my trusty flatbed scanner and took a ton of scans of 2D, uh, you know, art and memos and handwritten notes and sketches and you name it. And uh, two years later, I popped volume one and I couldn't be more excited about it. Nice. So are you a collector as well? Like, I'm, like, are you collecting current lines or do you collect uh, vintage stuff or? Yeah, I've always been kind of a catch and release type collector. I'm a okay. more of a thrill of the hunt kind of guy. I love finding stuff, but after I possess it for a while, I kind of think I need to let it go and on to somebody else who would also enjoy it. But I've, I have been a collector for, you know, many, many years. Once, once star Wars relaunched in the mid nineties, I was all over that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was a 20 something year old with uh, discretionary income. So I, you know, I had a, a star Wars room in my house for a long, long time. And I, I jumped in and once that I told the story not that long ago where it was back, I guess, right at the beginning of, uh, of power of the force relaunch, uh, 95, 96, maybe a year after, um, I decided I was going to go back and get, uh, a loose complete set of the vintage figures. Nice. And at that time, uh, I had a, a friend who was a, who was a dealer who knew a lot, uh, who had a lot of connections in order to get uh, some pretty nice uh, specimens, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I was able to give him a thousand dollars and he put together a complete loose set of Star Wars wow. vintage for me. Ernie's gonna you like poop in his pants. You can't even you can't even get four of the last 17 no. for a thousand dollars now. No. That's no. Insane. <laughs> Yeah, and that's everybody. We're talking yak face, blue snag, you know, the whole nine yards. What? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That yeah, that wasn't that long ago, gentlemen. It really yeah. wasn't. Yeah, yeah. No, that that um, it's funny that you bring up that line because if it wasn't for that line, like I don't think I would have really gotten into Star Wars. Like that that Power of the Force two line, the ninety five line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That because I'd I'd watched it before and everything, but it was really that line. 
and that whole um that whole launch for Shadows of the Empire and everything that just mm-hmm. pulled me in and like really piqued my interest and I was like okay I've seen these movies but like let me let me let me watch them again and just kind of like you know look at them through a different uh you know a different scope or whatnot and it it pulled me in man i was i was i got sucked into you know the the original trilogy and it wasn't too long after that that you know they came out with the special editions they announced the prequels and here we are now pretty much i mean so i was i was eight years old in may of 77 so that was just perfect for me oh yeah star wars was Star Wars was, you know, just kind of took over my life for the next, you know, six, seven years. Uh, I had a lot of vintage toys when I was a kid, um, you know, but slowly but surely you grow out of that. You know, I started playing baseball, started talking to girls, you know. And then, mm-hmm. Oh, you, know, you were cooler than me. <laughs> I just stayed playing with toys. I still yeah. have never seen a girl naked. Yeah, so Cheney's oh, uh, mad now. Whoops. What? No, I'm not mad. I mean, that's a sad thing. That's a very sad thing. Why would I be mad about that? Like, you should probably get that taken care of. It's cra- It's crazy because I have a seven year old too. Yeah, How I was gonna say. Work? I was. Uh, yeah, I, I was wondering about that particular. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know math. That was the mind boggling part for me. I'm like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> I like um I I'm I'm gonna give Blake a hard time tonight. Um Uh-oh. I've known him for, for quite a while now. I actually I got to see you a year ago in mm-hmm. person at New York Toy Fair. Yeah. I can't believe like that feels like eons ago at this point. It was like, like like six or seven years ago. Yeah, it feels it was almost exactly one twelve year months that ago. Feels yeah. like multiple years, but we we did get to hang out in person and talk for a while, which was great. Um and I, I've, I've bugged Blake about this for a while because I slept on the first Kickstarter campaign. I think I like my excuse is I think I thought that I had backed it, and like it turns out that I didn't, and it sold out everywhere, like impossible yeah. to get. So I've been bugging Blake. I was like, "Come on, I, you need to reprint Volume One." I can't wait for you to tease a little bit of about that. But I do, <laughs> I do have my Volume Two right here. That is actually it's it's a little bit worn because I kept it on the nightstand for a long time, flipped through it. Um, I have my own personal favorites out of this volume, but one of the things I would love to hear from you is maybe your favorite from volume one, favorite from volume two. And if you're feeling like it, maybe a hint at a favorite from volume three. But I know you gotta keep some secrets. So yeah, no, I do have, do need to keep a few secrets. But let me um, <laughs> let me look. Uh, volume one will probably be easier than volume two. I mean, there's a lot of good content. Uh, the, but my favorite from volume one is probably the crawl line uh, from Knickerbocker Toys, just because I had no idea that existed. Uh, yeah, and, no, that's and, I mean. There's a lot of people that don't even know that movie exists. Yeah, and that movie, and that Wait, movie did, was always. Did you just say the always, crow? No, no crawl. crawl. Oh, okay. It was like A R U. Very Conan, basically. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think there was a there was a Kevin Sorbo version of Crawl. No, that was Call. Oh, that was Call. Sorry. So it's it's Crawl, K R U L. Yeah. So, so like Dave Grohl, but with a K. 
Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but this was the movie. It came out in 83. Uh, it's like uh, Liam Neeson was in it, but he wasn't a star. He was a side guy. Um, but it was, uh, you know, sword and sorcery meets Star Wars. It had a lot of very toyetic stuff in it. It had... You know, soldiers that looked kind of like stormtroopers. There was a cyclops. There was horses that had fire spitting out of their hooves. I mean, it was, it was just, it was perfect for toys. And and being 1983, you would think this has to have toys in it and or toys for it. But you know, nothing ever surfaced at the time. Only to come to find out later, doing the research for Volume One, that Knickerbocker Toys had the license for it. They had ten figures prototyped. Uh, ready to go. They had a play set under development on paper. They also had, and the crawl is most notably known for its weapon, which was the glaive, which was like a spinning, rotating knife kind of deal, almost like a boomerang with with knives on it. That's what I have uh, under my bed to fight off intruders. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> And so they had one of those they were going to make and they were going to, you know, do these uh, other things. But it turns out that, you know, the movie, the reports back from the production uh, that was happening in, in the UK were not positive on, on the movie as it was being rushed towards uh, the finish line. And so ultimately Knickerbocker decided not to follow through with the line. Um, and then subsequently the company was bought pretty quickly after that by Hasbro. And people, so, you in, in volume two, you've got uh, Knickerbocker did the Lord of the Rings line. Right, right. And a lot oh, of people didn't know that there was a- uh, Additional figure. Out, yeah, there was one figure that was half sculpted that they didn't put out. Uh, and a lot of people were, were surprised uh, to learn that. And that's got a really funny story behind it because I had the photo for that particular figure yeah, very early on in Buy the book. In... Don't just screen cap my little <laughs> thing. Buy the book, guys. Come on. So so that figure I, I saw while I was putting together volume one. Um, I was doing the story with Knickerbocker uh, about the Mysterians, uh, that, the chapter that's in volume one about the Transformers before Transformers. Um and this, the guy I was visiting had this um, had this figure, this partially sculpted figure. And he goes, I think this is, uh, I don't, he, he couldn't remember, I think it's Lord of the Rings. I don't know. And I, at the time, I, had, I hadn't seen that Bashki movie in I don't know how long. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't put together. I was looking at a half of a Viking figure. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I said, I don't think that that's Lord of the Rings. I said, but I'll take some pictures of it. So I took some pictures of it because he said, I don't think this was produced. So I'm like, okay, great. So I, I sat on that photograph for almost two years, <laughs> That's not funny. knowing what the hell it was. And then literally as total serendipitous thing, I was on YouTube or something and I saw a still from that movie. And, and there was the whole cast. There was Aragorn and, and then there was Boromir. Oh, wow. And he looked like a freaking <laughs> Viking wearing furry shorts. <laughs> And I, oh my God, that's that figure. And so I went and dug in my archives and sure enough, bam, bam, there it is. A, a, a missing Lord of the Rings figure from Knickerbocker. I had no clue uh, at the time that I had had that for that long and not known what it was. 
so I feel horrible for, for not having, um, you know, volume two, like Adam here, but I will be getting it, um, for sure. Did you, did you cover also the, um, the lost, like, what was it? Star Wars line that they had wanted to make while, while they were waiting for the movie. So, uh, yeah, episode, um, so the first book has the second series of Ewoks and droids that were unproduced. Mm-hmm. So volume one has that and it, it also has a little bit of the uh the saga continues the story continues which is the thing that kenner pitched right to uh or the thing yeah the kenner pitched to lucasfilm uh after uh 95 to try to keep the line alive mm-hmm. um so that some of that material is in volume one volume two star the star wars chapter is all about the Nine, the mid '90s pitch, which was to uh, when they when Hasbro lost the license because they were negligent in paying <laughs> the the minimum payment that was due Lucasfilm each year to keep that license in perpetuity. Because once Kenner, once Hasbro bought Kenner, um, the Kenner guys were just like, eh, you know, whatever. They their minds were on other things. It was a dead sci-fi franchise. Right. They didn't really have, you know, would. At the time, there was no public plans for Eric Lucas to ever revisit that. Right. Uh, so they let it they let it lapse by not cutting a ten thousand dollar check or something very minuscule like oh, that. Oh wow! Uh, so ultimately, uh, you know, Kenner had Lucas over a barrel for the first round of for almost all the vintage toys. Well, now it was the maker's turn. He could put them back over the barrel if they mm-hmm. wanted the license to do the prequel toys. And so in 97, I think, the summer of 97, he basically invited companies to bid on the license for uh, the Master Toy license for Star Wars again. And um, so ultimately there were four companies that he invited to the ranch. It was Hasbro, Mattel, Playmates, and Galoob. Because at the time Hasbro and Galoob were separate. and, you know, a lot of people say, ah, those other companies are just a stocking horse. They were always going to give it to Hasbro. But um, the companies pitched their hearts out and they put up some fairly interesting uh, concepts. Because, you know, <clears throat> if anybody knows anything about pitch stuff, you know, pitch is not necessarily the product. You're not pitching the product you're going to make. You're blowing it out. You're going way over the top on things just to show your, what you your can capacity. Do what yeah your capacity for what you can do um so a lot of these pitch pieces were you know totally outlandish with lights and sounds and uh you know all kinds of wave to you know large scale stuff um the, the and, playmate stuff looks and i was really great yeah and i was fortunate enough to come across some of the playmate stuff oh wow uh, and that's in volume two yeah all right. uh, so you get to see what you get i to was see holding what, it up but get the yeah. book it's yeah. so, like you'll be surprised looking at the Playmates Star Wars stuff that they didn't go with Playmates because like especially when you think about what Hasbro did put out with like the super buff figures and everything like it's like the Playmates stuff was high standards for that time for sure. Well, I mean when you think about the the you know the the detail that they put into the sculpt on all those Ninja Turtle figures, like, you know, it, 
they didn't a lot of it didn't get painted but you know if you go back and you look at a lot of those playmates turtles figures there's a an amazing amount of detail there and you know they rocked that line till the wheels fell off like that's mostly varner studios i believe handled like the lion's share of that sculpt work and blake i know you probably you know those guys and have visited correct yeah so between between steve's shop uh there in la and scott Hinsey's shop up in uh norcal so that's anaglyph studios between those two that's pretty much every vintage ninja turtle uh wow went through those two shops that's amazing yeah so on your journeys for the the first book what was like uh some of the most exciting stuff for you like or maybe some of like the weirdest like stories that you may have about you know uh you know, interacting with people to like, you know, get to talk to people to get, you know, the, the, the scoop on stuff or the information you were looking for. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I traveled a ton for volume one. So we were, you know, I would go out to LA, I would go to NorCal, I would go to New England, I would go to Ohio, uh, you know, just all over the place trying to hunt down, you know, old hands that, you know, that, that used to work on this stuff. Cause I really wanted to get the stories from the people that were in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, a lot of this, when you start talking about eighties uh, toys in particular, you know, if you were 30 years old making toys in the eighties, you're 70 now. Yeah. And so it's, it, it was important to me to get to as many of those people as, as I could before we lose those stories forever. Yeah. They're gone um, after that. They're yeah. Completely yeah, they're, gone. So, you know, one of my favorite um, people that I met on that journey was a sculptor by the name of Bill Merkline. Now, Bill, by name, is is well-known uh, outside of G.I. Joe circles, probably. Okay. Um, now, Bill is an artist. He's a painter, uh, and he was also a sculptor, but he started in military miniatures. So he, he, was, he was very good at fine detail on... Uh, small form sculptures um he basically um sculpted uh freelance for a while for in the toy business he did some stuff for um ljn he did some stuff for um did some stuff for hasbro but that was after he got the other gig um he did a few. Oh, he also did the um, uh, some of the holograms for Hasbro for the um, Visionaries line. Okay. I love those. But he, um, yeah. what he did, he's also the guy. I believe he's the man responsible for the Dove hologram that's on everybody's Visa cards. Oh, really? Oh, wow. You know, that, you know that little Dove that's on yeah. your Visa card? Yeah. I believe. That's one of his. Remembering correctly, that's a Bill Mark line. Dude, that's so. like holograms are like magic. I don't understand how any of that works. <laughs> But like visionary, so, that line, like, cause they're like slightly upsized GI Joes. That line was my jam because GI Joes had all the articulation I wanted. And then they did right. that. And then they did it again with, with cops and crooks, like upscaling GI Joe level articulation. It's like, those were, those were my favorite right. lines. So the thing with Bill was um, he, he did the, he did half the crawl line. So he had, he still had the torque wheel figure or a casting of it. And he had some images of some of the other figures that he had done for the line. 
So I got to know him really well. We talked. And then the, basically the way the story goes, and this is the story that's actually in volume one, is that he did these, he did half of the sculpts for Krull. Uh, when they didn't make the toys, you know, he still got paid. Um, but when Knickerbocker got bought by Hasbro, those, the vault at Knickerbocker basically transferred to Hasbro. And, you know, they put it in their vault and, and, and it just sits there, uh, what have you. So one day an art director at Hasbro was tinkering around in the vault and he came across these crawl figures. And he really dug the, the detail because these were, these were sculpted one-to-one. So they were, you know, four inch figures. Oh, wow. And he, and he really dug the detail on them. Uh, so he set out to try to figure out who the sculptors were that made, that, that did the work. And it turned out, you know, that one of, half of it was Bill, and the other half was a man by the name of uh, Ron Hynote, who unfortunately passed away, because he was also a military miniature sculptor, but he worked with lead a lot. Wow! Um, and he actually ended up passing away of lead poisoning, but um, or complications from lead poisoning. It's okay, because like I know all of my fellow uh, toy toy makers these days. We do all the 3D printing, and I think that there's probably a whole lot of fumes and and dangerous <laughs> chemicals, and yeah, yeah, you never I'll, know. I won't be hitting 70, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Get your stories out of me now. Yeah. So anyway, when uh, when this when this art director at Hasbro found these crawl sculpts, he hunted down Bill. Gave him a phone call and said, hey, you know, I found these. These are really nice portraits, especially. He said, would you mind, would you come down and take a meeting with me? And maybe we can, you know, talk about you doing some work for Hasbro. And he was like, yeah, sure. I'll, you know, gig's a gig, right? Yeah. We're talking, this is, this is the mid-80s. Um, so it turns out he goes, takes a meeting. The art director likes him, says, okay, well, look, we'll throw you some work. So they start throwing him some work. Well, Bill Merkline, between you know, 86 and 94, whenever the line was probably sculpted, you know, over 60, maybe 70 GI Joe portraits. Nice. Wow. Uh, of the real American hero. line, And he got that job because of his work on crawl. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So that's I owned a, a ton of his work. Then. Yeah. Yeah. No, no a, a lot of, you know, a lot of people did. And a lot of people, and he's kind of a face. He's kind of a faceless name that's just floated around out there. But he's a he's a. Well, thank you. Yeah. For, you know, keeping probably. Him, you know, like this. I I mentioned our our guest last week was Jason from Spiro Toys. I just remembered that. So yeah. like oh, yeah. we do like we it is it is Groundhog's Day. But um, I was talking <laughs> to Jason last week about my love of books. Like I, I am so jealous and in awe of stuff like this because i feel like we all love toys but you know my parents friends family members everyone don't understand this stuff but mm -hmm. everyone understands a good book you know and like the stories behind the toys like keeping it's like yeah, these things are going to last forever or be in a landfill somewhere, but like a book is a, it's, it's eternal, you know, like it's going to be around forever and you're, you're keeping those stories. And like, I just, I love it. You know, you know, I'm a big fan and I can't wait to get volume one at some point. 
Well, it's also <laughs> cool too because he's he's you know putting a face to something that no one ever knew. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people they don't they don't get to hear about the people that you know help create all this stuff like looks like you saw like like some companies would do the whole like we're gonna put credits on package you know art asylum i think was one of the big ones that did it like digger was one of the big ones yeah yeah digger was like all about it because he was like he is a character and he wanted people to know who's behind making toys so like he did it i know diamond still kind of does it here and there but you know so many companies they'll do it and then it's like falls off because yeah. it's just like that's it's not what it's about it's about big corporations for <laughs> right, the most part and it's right. like no there there are people behind all these things yeah and when you think about the fact that uh you know if you put your heart and soul into a line for let's say six months eight months ten months twelve months uh via drawings or via sculpting or whatever and then that line doesn't make it yeah I mean, There's you just so many a, sad stories. I mean, like imagine imagine me as a journalist writing a year's worth of features, and then someone at the end of the year going, "No, yeah, no, yeah, we're, we're not going to use that. any of these. Those are, those are never going to see the light of day." Yeah, yeah. Uh, Giant bum. Gotta, you know, I understand that at the time it's just a job, and you're still getting a paycheck or whatever, or whatever. But on some level, that's got to be devastating. <laughs> Oh yeah, no doubt, and it still ha it happens all the time. Like oh, this sure. stuff, yeah. literally yeah, well, on a regular today. basis. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, even sure. which is great for volume four, five, six, seven, and on for you. <laughs> well, I mean, we we were lucky enough to have you know David Vonner come on and and show off that Batman. That I don't know you what know, you're talking about. Yeah, that Batman that the, these guys worked on, man, and yeah. that that Batman figure was amazing looking and. You know, he he said, "Hey, you know, we we can we can we have the ability to do something like this. You know, we we can make this, and we could we can make Batman figures that would be better than anything else. Or, you know, anything else out there right now. You've got your definitive Batman right here." And they just went, "Yeah, okay, cool. That was it." Yeah, you know, and I'm sure there's tons and tons and tons well, of stories of it's well, a very Blake, it's a Blake very common tale like that hasbro has like vaults of this stuff and you know mattel does too it's like sure. they literally have tons if they were smart they would open up, each of them would open up museums yeah that that would be take the that, ideal thing yeah take that stuff and actually make uh in you know, in rhode island there's gotta be some, yeah, in, there's got to be a little place in the headquarters they can. Exactly, they have like little stuff on display, <clears throat> but there's way more. It could be super impressive, and like yeah, really a good. full, easily a full museum from each company. Like they could do it. Oh yeah, charge five bucks to get in. There you come on, let's do this. That would come be on, a, a stop for me. Like any time I went out there, or even something here, you know, down in in Southern California, they can make something. You know, like. Anywhere. El Segundo Mattel Museum. They should get on there it too. Go. Yeah, I mean, what like in all honesty, I mean, thinking about well, it wouldn't go far because that's their own private property. But I mean, he, he, us as you know the toy community, we could you know probably start to raise our voices a little bit and be like, hey man, this stuff, you know, just scream, scream the the you know the words of Indiana Jones. This stuff belongs in a museum. Yeah, you know, I like, mean, like. Here's the deal. Mattel could definitely do it like El Segundo, but here, ready, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
I'm going to upset some people now. Uh-oh. But then who, like, what other reason do you need to ever go to Rhode Island? Like, Hasbro's museum would be, like, literally the only draw in Rhode Island. <laughs> I, at, just as for note, I'm from Long Island, so it's like, it's okay. Like, oh, I'm allowed oh. to say that. Okay. All right. I think. I don't know. Gotcha. I'll probably get in trouble. I'll get an email. Yep. Yep. All right. <clears throat> I think so, Blake, one of my favorites from volume two, and like mm -hmm. I had a bunch, but like the the there is the big sob story that I will, I'll get into in a second from volume two volume two here, but like battle toads. Like yeah. battle toads, that was a video game that was so near and dear to me for some reason i don't know why but it was so frustratingly hard as a video yeah. game like i don't think i like once you get by that first level where the, the ding dong's going back and forth that's the official name guys the ding dong and then it was like the motorcycle thing that you're jumping and the things are coming up and moving and you go like that game was impossible but i loved the design of the Battletoads. I, I was like, these are the coolest things. So I kept playing the game over and over, dying over and over. I think there was a cartoon too, right? Like, you know more there about was. it. Than you. Yeah. And like, those toys looked cool. They looked like Ninja Turtle toys, basically. Uh -huh. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was Tiger Electronics had that license. Uh, so they were, at the time, they had put out um, Inspector Gadget. And okay. uh, uh, Captain Planet, maybe there was another. I think uh, I think it's Captain Planet. I believe because okay. it's 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 mentioned in their chapter. Yeah. So at you know basically the reason they didn't go forward with that, at least the one that I was able to to, to glean from talking with some former uh, employees, was that you know they only had a fine. They were a small company. They only had a finite amount of money to. Uh, to invest each year and you know captain planet had gone had done well so they were going to continue that and they just didn't see um uh, a return uh in the cards for for battle toads um and if they had to if they had to expand their investment that particular it's year so, so they, sad too they opted like not to this, do it this chapter the battle toads chapter i mean like guys like you like if you're into like old school like the episodes that we had where, where jerry macaluso came on here and was showing us the old wax sculpts images and stuff of stuff mm -hmm. that didn't come out some stuff that did come out like these books are filled with that blake literally drove around with what camera scanner doing yeah. every like literally documenting all of this stuff so you know it, just in the battletoads chapter you get concept artwork you got wax sculpt image all for these toys that never happened. And it's like, it's just amazing to look at. I mean, like the words are beautiful too, Blake. Don't get me wrong. You write, you write beautifully. But there's like, not, actually there's not so many, many words pictures. In, yeah, there's not very many words in either one of those books. And that's by design because I wanted, I wanted to, you know, let the art, uh, you know, speak for itself a lot of times. Well, it's, it, and it's crazy because like while you're, you're talking about how it's like, oh, they had to devote budgets and everything. When you look through just like just the Battletoads chapter, there's so much concept artwork for play sets, vehicles, oh, yeah. other characters. And it's like they did sculpt like I think five or six at least uh, yeah. uh, by my count. And the sculpt's great. The concept artwork's so cool. And you're just 
as an adult looking at it and as someone who like liked Battletoads, I'm like, man, I can't believe that other people didn't see the potential there and it didn't make it because like, I feel like this is a line where it's like, just like, you know, Bucky Air or something caught on like this, if it's in the stores back oh, in the day, I think it would have sold. Oh, it would have caught on. There's no doubt about it. I mean, with how hot Turtles was at the time. I mean, that would have been the next logical thing. People would have been all, oh, well, I'm going to get those too. Because I remember being a kid, um, my, uh, my what was it, my mom's friend's kids that I was around quite a bit, they were all into Battletoads. And they had, you know, some of the Battletoads merchandise that was out there that was available. And they would have ate stuff like that up, man. You know, it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, it was just one of those things where they caught the the license was caught in between a company who uh, only had a limited amount of funds to to redirect towards new product in a, in in the coming year, and they opted to to go ahead and fund what they knew was already successful. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's you gotta you gotta pick and choose sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. So Lake, if you, I know you write a lot of stuff, um, but like one of the ones that, that also stuck out to me is in the, um, the Toxic Crusaders line. There was mm-hmm. like a little like anecdote story that like, I, if you remember, you could share. If not, I will just say it, but like about the worst, it was a, it was a role play item that was ever presented. Mom. And I just love, yeah. I love it because it's just, it seems hilarious to me in if you you remember right <laughs> yeah so uh so toxic crusaders was a line that playmates did uh in the mid 90s i bought it uh, yeah basically uh there was a cartoon that was based uh off of uh the, the toxic avenger movie but they cleaned it up considerably they made it no uh, boobies no boobies and they made it uh an, ec- an ecological uh yeah. tale about fighting pollution um so basically uh when they were doing the toy line they did a lot of very colorful figures they did uh uh, you know a few i think vehicles for that line Uh, but they had aspirations beyond that as well there was a second series sculpted there were more uh vehicles planned but the one thing that did actually make it into the toy fair catalog for the first year never made it into production was an actual role-playing mop. I remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, it's funny because Carl Aronian, who is the uh, the head marketing guy still at Playmates, that was his, uh, apparently, uh, uh, it happened under his watch. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, he caught a lot of stuff uh, for that particular um, mop, uh, oh, for that role playing, I can only device. imagine. Yeah, and uh, coworkers and just being like, <laughs> mop guy. And I took yeah, and I took great joy in taking volume two to Toy Fair in 2017, grabbing him, pulling him aside, flipping open to that page, and letting <laughs> him know that I got his mop in that book. And he looked at me, they looked me dead in the eye and said some very unpleasant things. But with a, <laughs> but with a smile on his face yeah. the entire time. Oh, that's nice. awesome. Yeah. No, the mop. I will never let Carl live down the mop. 
I, I don't think anyone will. I mean, there's when <laughs> when you do something like that, it people people don't forget. Yeah, a mop toy. Yeah. yeah, makes perfect sense. I mm-hmm. so my biggest sob story, and I know it, it led to a ton of uh, uh, content for you is is palisades i was a giant giant palisades toys fan and particularly like the muppets line and yeah. volume two you've got some great pictures of muppet stuff that was upcoming like they did such a, i like i still own all my palisade stuff and even i have the backstage playset. you know i'm right. hum, humble brag well, yeah that, it, it, it's amazing the the palisades playsets were amazing the the muppets figures were amazing and then they were gonna go you show Muppet Babies, which I'm like, ah, oh, Muppet man. Babies. This and the sculpts are beautiful. The pictures, pictures in the book, guys. Get the book. Even that Muppet uh, Babies. The kitchen playset is still people still hunt for that thing. Yeah. I have that too. I have I I have all of the playsets. I don't have uh the the pigs in space playset. That's okay. the only one. Yeah. But I have all uh, that that stuff that came out of Palisades during that time was just immaculate, and that was pretty much a hundred percent Kim Lilly. I mean, that guy was a machine putting that stuff out, and he was extremely meticulous, uh, almost to a fault, because he, you know, he wanted those things to look like they were made of of material. Yeah, uh, when they when they were actually, you know, I want this to look like felt, but made out of plastic, and somehow they did, did it. it. Yeah. Beautiful toys. Like to this day, they yeah. stand up, you know, um, we Absolutely worked on, nailed it. I think, I think that uh, there were some, some Palisades employees involved with the diamond select toys that came out a few years ago and, and general giant did some of the digital sculpting and me being a giant Muppets fan. Like I brought my Palisades toys into work to give to the digital sculptors to use as reference for sculpting new articulated Muppets, because it's like right. the, the, the toys the Palisades made were even better than some of the reference that you could get online. Right. So, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, was, like, it, it was, was just, it's it hard to extre- It was an extremely detailed line uh, that while had a really good run, you know, still, you know, kind of uh, lapsed prematurely Mainly because, you know, it was hard at the time for them to, I mean, they were caught up in the whole music land, uh, media Tower, play, record, yeah. Tower yeah. Records, bankruptcies and, and such. Those were large, large outlets for them. They were just getting that line in, into Target when the whole thing kind of collapsed. Oh. So, um, uh, and they only got a little bit of it into Toys R Us. They got some of the play sets into Toys yeah, R Us. Yeah, some of it made it to Toys R Us. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was... It was just bad timing, uh, and you know, a lot of catastrophic events happening at once that kind of sent that company. I mean, the whole company into a spiral towards the end. So let's go ahead and um, kind of track ourselves here because we're already about an hour in um, to get yeah to get to talk about uh, volume three. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to ask you, you know, about some of your favorites from volume one, some of your favorites from volume two, and then maybe we can start to kind of hint around maybe um, uh, about volume three, if you like. Sure, sure. So uh, favorite from volume one. Hmm. Well, I've already said the crawl stuff, so I won't go back to that. Um, Let me look really quick. Uh, I have these set up 
to look at. Uh, if I can find the right pages. Um, you know, I think kind of as an outside kind of bit of weirdness, um, from volume one, there was a line uh, that was simply called Sea Creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes the line so interesting to me, and it's not one that had a, a, a huge story behind it because I wasn't able to f- find a ton of reference on it beyond the people that actually worked on the sculpting, but that was a line from the mid eighties that Sanrio was actually going to produce. Oh, wow. Now Sanrio is hello kitty. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not, not boys action figures. No, not at all. Yeah. (laughs) And these things, and these things were, um, you know, articulated, they look like they belonged in the, in the masters of the universe, uh, uh, universe. Um, how did you come across those? Uh, the sculptor, who did the who did the work um i was at his house in in la and we were talking about other things and he just happened to mention uh this thing he did for sanrio and i was like um uh, you mean hello kitty and he's like no no it was a boy's thing and so he was able to um uh, pull out some of the art and pictures of the sculpts that he'd done and these were amazing. I mean, obviously they were they were based on aquatic themes. I mean, there was an octopus type guy that had a kind of the Davy Jones looking head with the tentacles down and, and his head was hollow. So you could fill it with water and squeeze his head and water would come out of his chest. And so there was, all of them had a play value. There was a lobster guy with a, a switch on his back that he would snap his claw. There was a piranha guy that had moving jaws same thing um and it was just totally fascinating and it looked so good for the time uh and ultimately like i said not a lot of story ever surfaced around it because it was just hard to get a hold of anybody from san rio back in the 85 i had no idea yeah that would know know about this that would know about it no one currently uh, you know in the current group knew uh, of the people that I reached out to. Um, okay. Is so it possible I'll... for me? Is it possible for me to share something? Um, um, yeah, I was actually trying to, um, what is it? Google image. Some of this stuff. There's like a, uh, a reptilian looking guy here. There's a, what do we got? An uh, octopus looking guy. And you, you said the head did pop off on that. Yeah. You could fill that with water and he's got like a center of his chest. Yeah, so there's Octo and Coral, who's the coral guy. Piranha, Hammerhead, who's the hammerhead shark looking fella. Yeah, let me eel. let me go ahead and bring these up real quick and then we can try and it it gets a the the meeting window gets a little funky when we screen share, but I'm I'll, I'll go through it. It's fine. It's not a big deal. But let me show these ones real quick and just so we okay. know that we were possibly on the same page. So are these are what we were uh, what you were talking about? So we get a nice delay here, Cheney. I uh, know, I know. <laughs> yeah, from nineteen eighty five. Yeah, so that's yeah, so that's the eel. Okay. Because some of this stuff was sold at um, uh, at auction. 
yeah that's where that's rich roland's stuff so yeah that's the that's the sculptor he did he did that work okay but you see how cool those i mean picture yeah those look awesome yeah so that's 85 so think about he-man yeah think about putting those in his universe yeah no it's a uh, it's it, a no-brainer yeah it looks like it was just made for it yeah yeah no really that like it, it for you know um to the you know I guess untrained eyes. What I'm trying to say, if you looked at like just breezing through, you'd be like, "Oh, that's a He-Man guy. Cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and, and here's so there, the... were, there were six characters, I believe, that were sculpted for this, and uh, but ultimately, again, and I don't know the reason why they weren't. So, okay, that's Baron von Cooter is his name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm not, I am not kidding. Uh, Dude, no, no, it that says it is. It says we have the butter there. baron i can i be his arch nemesis baron von yeah. cooter from here yeah. on out oh my god he actually uh, this my figure, name yeah this figure also came with like a little cape that he wore uh back behind his uh on his back but yeah so that's the kind of you can see that snap and claw and he had probably a lever on his back that um that would move that snap and claw so they all had little play mechanisms like that that's awesome I never knew about these. These are so cool. Yeah. So those are in volume one. That was a line that was. That I looks like was, a C-3PO baby, whatever that thing was. That, that, was, they, that was from Crash Test yeah, Dummies. I was just going to say, oh, that's okay. a Crash <laughs> Test Dummy baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's like baby C-3PO. Yeah, yeah. I think moving forward here, they had a color. Unfortunately, it's a small shot here of eel. So he's supposed to be all green and yellow. Yeah, there's a there were Polaroids of some of these. Yeah, that's him. Uh, the paint sample. The paint samples actually don't look very good when you compare it to the raw because they they lose a little bit of the sculpting in the in the paint apps oh, as yeah. most as most paint apps do these mm -hmm. days, unfortunately. So so Blake, this is this is from Volume One of the Toys That Time Forgot, which is currently out of print. Is there going to be some kind of an option for me to maybe get volume one at some point, Blake? Uh, it, did you go to the current Kickstarter and watch the video all the way to the end? <laughs> oh, oh, you know, I did. Okay. Well then you probably know the answer to your question, but I'll go ahead for the benefit of others and say that, yes, this year we are going to reprint volume one. Uh, and also, I, I don't know, you were probably about to say it, but I'm going to interrupt because that's what I do. Yeah. If you have not bought volume two yet, you do have some some reward levels in Kickstarter for volume three where you can get volume two and volume three like right now. Like you could go yeah. pledge and get volume two and volume three and then you can like me backtrack and get volume one when it gets reprinted. So uh, there were, we've limited those sets to 50 and I don't think there's very many left. There's like seven oh, left last time. There I'm you sorry. go, hurry. So if you wanna get the combo, cause what's gonna end up happening is one and three are gonna land this year and two is gonna be the one that ends up being short. Mm -hmm. Ha ha, um, and I still have mine. Right. You so, can still pick um, up, um, I know someone said the other day, you could pick up number, uh, number two on Big Bad Toy Store right now. Big Bad has about seven copies left. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. And I, and you can still actually pick it up directly through me as well. I still have uh, copies. Okay. Boom. Um, Get up, Blake, so, guys. Toys so the time need, forgot. If you need volume two in your life ASAP, the thing to do is either go to go to Big Bad or hit me up 
on Facebook and it's just a easy PayPal transaction and we'll get you one. Nice. Beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 beep. Yeah. Just like that, Adam. Yeah, I mean, that's how I PayPal. I don't and, know how you guys, I make beeping noises while I'm sending people money. That's no, doesn't everyone? That's crazy, yeah. these names for for this line here. They're even like, like even like the Coral, like that's so- Yeah, they're not very mad. Yeah, and it's very He-Man, not very imaginative. Yeah. Coral. Yeah. Oh, I get it, like Coral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like so, dad jokes. Yeah. So volume two, I mean, there's a lot that I really dig about volume two. Uh, and my gut tells me I should pick the last Starfighter because I love that film. And that, that was line, such a great movie. And it was hard. Uh, a lot of people thought those prototypes would never be seen again. And to be able to track down, you know, six of the 12 was quite the a pictures in the win, book are awesome. Quite a win for me. Yeah. Um, uh, and it gives me a glimmer of hope that the other six are still out there somewhere. But I'm not going to pick that one. I am going to pick Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. Oh, that's one. I'm going to shout out someone who's not in chat Migos now, but I know does usually listen to the show. That is a line that Inhaled Farts would love. Inhaled Farts <laughs> is, uh, is like an Instagram guy who loves him some monkeys. And like yeah. that line... Like when I saw that in the book, I was like, this is like right up his alley. It's like what he wants to make as a toy line. Yeah. So Captain Simeon was a very uh, uh, interesting uh, property. If you go back and watch the cartoon, it's actually pretty entertaining. It holds up pretty well. And the voice cast alone was top notch. They had Roddy McDowell was, was, was on there. And a lot of uh, other famous voice actors you'll probably know by name that I don't, can't come up with right now. Um, but the line had one year and it was an interesting line because it was really a UK line. Uh, Bluebird Toys, who mostly famous for Polly Pocket, uh, was, was who the, um, the, the root company for uh, Captain Simeon, oh. they partnered they partnered with Mattel just like they did with Polly Pocket in order to bring the line to the United States. Um, and so the first year of toys made it out. They're really cool. And if you, if you remember, if you've ever seen them, their packaging is really neat because they're on card, but they, they have a, uh, their bubbles are round and there's an, an inner, you can grasp the bubble and you can actually spin the figure around inside the bubble. So it makes it look like they're floating in space. It's really cool, especially for the time. Um, yeah, I brought up uh, some of the the Google images here of the, the figures. I yeah, had so forgotten a, all about this cartoon. I actually really liked this cartoon. Yeah, it's, it really is pretty good. And they did a, um, they had a whole second series ready, uh, ready to go. Uh, and it really, I got some really good access to the unproduced Captain Simeon stuff, uh, both 2D and 3D material. Nice. Um, and basically it turned out that, you know, Mattel really didn't push it like they had promised that they were going to. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the story goes is that, you know, during Toy Fair, when they, they wrote in the contract that they, the Mattel had to put it at their booth in Toy Fair, 
and this was back when they did the when the toy when Toy Fair was in the the buildings, the toy buildings, not all at Javits. And uh, so they basically, when one of the representatives went to Mattel's showroom to to see the Captain Simeon display, it was basically just almost like locked in a side closet that. It was this behind a door that no one ever opened, and it was really That's some some interesting uh, uh, inner corporate politics going on there. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. They didn't really hype the line at all. There was no one there to talk about the line. Somebody they didn't like it, it, obviously. Yeah, they kind of hit it at Toy Fair, and so it it uh, it didn't really uh, didn't really gain a lot of traction. But there's a the big ship from that line is really awesome because it, it, I forget what it's called, but it breaks into smaller ships and it's a pretty huge, um, the side fighter. No, that's a, that, that's a, that's another, um, that's a standalone ship. I'm trying to remember is if it... I can find, I can probably find it. Actually, no, there's not going to be any picture of it in the book because it was produced. Um, the i think that's it janie the all white one yeah yeah it's big and white and it, yep. it looks like it um the simian cruiser or something i don't remember yeah it almost looks like the fantastic car kind of it's so huge like it's like i miss big vehicles and mm-hmm. play sets so much yeah yeah so they were uh they had like i said they had a second year all planned for that one and and of course, once the the initial toy line didn't gain traction, there was there was nothing. There was no place to put it. Wow. I like. Um, I say. I I like. I miss big playsets and big vehicles. Yet my wallet groans at the thought of this Super Seven Thunder tank. Right. I am going to get it, but it's like I'm like, oh god. So so, how do you feel about these um these newer companies tackling these older properties, Blake? Uh, I think it's great when it's done right. Uh, you know, I, uh, I mean, I'm pretty good friends with Brian Flynn. I mean, I have my own reaction, Toxic Crusader exclusive action figure. Uh, you oh, know, nice. So Indeed, nice. that's, uh, an, and that's a limited pledge level that you can still grab on Kickstarter right. right now, right? That was part of the Kickstarter for volume two, but I had leftovers, so I went ahead and if you relate to that party, you could also get it here with volume three, but that is a limited uh, colorway that only I have. Nice. Um, uh, we were able to work that out because Brian is a saint and, uh, and he really believes in what I'm doing. Nice. Uh, I think again, anyone want... with a love of toys believes in what you're doing. Like, yeah. it's like, again, this... if you watch the video on Kickstarter, we did a little funny thing where I'm talking and then I am interrupted by, brian flynn uh, oh. among other people um so uh yeah i mean the i love the fact that these companies can bring back things like the thunder tank and and yes it's expensive and 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 yes uh you know you your wallet can groan about it all at once but it, it's just for some of these smaller companies this is just the reality of yeah. where we are um well i know I mean, like, some oh go ahead no it's just you know i know some people don't like it but there's mm-hmm. just you know would you rather live in a world without a super seven thunder tank or with a super seven thunder tank? That. and if and if it's the latter 
then this is what has to happen to in order to make that happen. I, I know like our um our co-host and uh you know fellow Toy Migo Dario said a long time ago, you know, he said it before um any of this. He said it back, you know, when Super Seven first got the the license to do the Thundercats stuff. He said you know, there, there's not that many people out there that like Thundercats. Um, you know, there, there's no show, there's no movie, there's no nothing. Like, if Thundercats is your jam and you're a big fan, like, you need to support this because this, it's on its last legs. Like, there's not, you know, there's not much left for it. And, you know, it that really does apply to the Thunder Tank. And I know some people have their issues with it. Um, you know, some people you know, do say it's not cartoon accurate. It's not this, it's not that, but it's like, if you want that scale with thunder tank, like this is really your only chance to get it. Like, honestly, yeah. I mean, I mean, if, if it's not your thing or it is your thing, you vote with your wallet. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, either, either buy it and, and love it or, you know, stay away from it because it's not, it's not your thing, but mm-hmm. um, you know, a company like super seven actually, you know, needs to or has to do this sort of thing in order to, uh, you know, figure out the uh, the critical mass numbers that are needed to move forward with a project of that size. Right. You, and should, Brian, uh, you should talk to Brian Flynn about, you know, he's doing Toxic Crusaders. Maybe he can do a, a, a life-size prop oh replica mop. Oh, my gosh, that's genius. The mop, get, should yeah, we get the mop bring, going? Yeah. Bring us the mop, man. Yeah. You know, you, you know what? You know he would do it. Too. Yes, he would. <laughs> I guarantee he would. That's the thing, because you know he would do it. If you no, brought it been, up to him, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we could." He desperately yeah. wants to do. He desperately wants to do crawl figures. Oh uh, wow! And when and when when we discussed it early on, uh, you know, he and even in the video for uh, for my Kickstarter, this new one. He mentions crawl again. He really wants to do those. The problem with crawl is that no one knows who owns the rights to it. Really? That's hilarious. They're, they're, they're just, uh, there was, um, so is this... I can't remember exactly what happened, but there was and Adam may know more about this than me, but there was some sort of mythical fire that occurred back in the day that apparently roasted a bunch of paperwork somewhere in a warehouse that that uh apparently screwed up a bunch of movie rights because anything pre-computers was just got lost yes. in this mammoth blaze that uh yeah wow. exactly and so you yeah. get a lot of people you get a lot of people saying well you know we don't own the rights to that or, or or we don't you know we don't have anything that says we own the rights to that so it's almost to the point where you need to make it in order to in order to bring <laughs> out who's got the rights that, to it, yeah, to bring to that person out. out, yeah, exactly. Because it it's sounds like bizarre. It sounds like it's owned by a private property or private, uh, um, private uh, person. I guess that's not. Yeah, I've even spoke. I've even spoken on Facebook to the son of the guy that produced the movie, Blake. Do uh, you do you know Phil Ramirez, the yeah. sculptor? Okay. Yeah. Phil Phil is texting me right now. He used to work at Varner. He used to sculpt Toy Biz Marvel Legends. He's still a prolific sculptor now. He's texting me. He's obviously watching. Hey, Phil, how's it going? Get back to work on the Cursed Dead. Um, But uh, he's saying that Playmates actually did a light-up mop that never got made. My very first sculpt was the Roxy head on the end of the stick. And then he also, he sent me a link. He posted some pictures of the Toxie head sculpt. So, 
he's he's trying to get in on the whole uh toys that time forgot thing as well so well you so know phil, 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 get phil had something to do with the mop huh that's awesome <laughs> yeah phil phil can is more than welcome to join us sometime phil. i trust me i've asked <laughs> but he has a mouth like a sailor that'll be a heavy editing dirty, process dirty on that sailor. one okay so the the captain simeon is your favorite from volume two yeah it's just it's one of those lines it's just it, it you know it it's kind of that's one of those sadder stories where it, it really was a unique toy line and for a unique cartoon that still holds up today in my opinion and i really wish that it had uh stronger legs mm-hmm. than it did yeah that's that's too bad and uh, i mean unfortunately like a with you know a majority or a lot of these these um you know figure lines and figures in in your books you know that that seems to be like the story that you know it's oh, no money here or, you know just things didn't work out or yeah that's the, the thing about all almost all the stories in the book all in the same right mm-hmm. they didn't get made that's the right, line. it right. didn't get made the path to them not getting made usually is where Differs, you find yeah. the, the meat of uh <laughs> of the of the tale that's uh that's interesting but the punchline ends up being the same yeah yeah i remember um as a kid i was really into the toy biz uh x-men line mm-hmm. and they had Danny and his x-men here we go hold hey, on it's always got to go back it's always got to go back so i remember when they came out with the age of apocalypse wave and in that wave in the back they had showed a gambit figure and i remember yeah. hunting everywhere to to find that gambit because it was on the back of the packaging it was in the the display shop for you know the the product and everything and i couldn't find it and finally i'd read that you know in i think it was like uh wizard or toy fair or something that you know it it was on there but it never ended up getting made and later on they did bring it out with a rogue figure but it was a two-pack with rogue because i own that figure (laughs) yeah but but still like the the original Right. You know, the original wave, it was missing from the wave. And I remember always wondering, like, why that happened, you know? I never understood. And usually different reasons uh, for something like that to happen. Sometimes maybe the the factory was having problems with uh, part of the tooling. I mean, there's a, a great story that uh, from uh, Jay Borman, who used to be part of Resaurus, toys plan b uh, also ohio yeah plan b afterwards where they were in he was in china when they were making their crash bandicoot figures and uh there was the bandicoot was actually on the line and uh they were doing the heads going through this machine or whatever and when they kept spitting them out there were like burn marks on his nose oh no to where it was like and the machine was like it just kept spitting out these heads with these burns on his nose. And Jay was looking at the guy, you know, the factory guy next to him. And the guy's looking at Jay like going, <laughs> and he goes, well, well stop it. Stop. <laughs> goes, stop the machine. And he's like, Oh yeah, I can stop it. So they, you know, go and they start, they're sitting there watching these heads pour out of this thing, all with these burnt noses. And the dude, finally snaps like well, stop the machine yeah <laughs> the shock so, finally I mean, wore off yeah exactly uh so it's just one of those things you know sometimes 
uh, stuff gets pushed for, I mean, it could be cost. A lot of times it is cost, um, you know, or it could be, you know, something uh, more mechanical in nature. Well, I was, I was, um, well, well, before Cheney got into his X-Men, because like, that's like his thing, you know, uh, I, I was over here, Mr. Burnsing, because I, let's, can we talk about a little bit about volume three? I want you to tease. I know you're keeping secrets. We're doing great in the campaign. I w- I backed it day one, guys. That's right. Day one backer. But uh, everyone should go check out the campaign now. And then, Blake, I'd love to hear anything that you could say. I know this has got to be at least a, a kind of different experience for you past the, the previous volumes because you you are dealing with doing it over the course of the pandemic as well. Right. Yeah, so I, um, I didn't travel uh, at all for this one. Uh, everything was done uh just like this over a zoom call or 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 over the phone or or what have you which ordinarily would have been a problem but because i had so much material left over from volume one and volume two i had a pretty big head start on volume three uh even before um i made the first phone call i had a lot of stuff in place already but um because you know, I was um, fortunate enough to be able to, you know, have enough people who vouch for me, uh, you know, as I was going out making new contacts. Um, there was a lot of um, uh, new people that I reached out to for this, for the third book. And um, since I, it wasn't one of those things where I could go and physically be with them and sit, you know, across from them and we have a nice chat. Um I found out, I found basically, you know, when I could get someone to vouch for me, I would, you know, ask them nicely to, hey, please, you know, let this person know that I'm not a maniac or what have you. And then sometimes, you know, it would come down to me because I have a stack of volume twos that are like have bad corners or whatever that I can't sell. So I Mine would, is like that just from reading it. <laughs> yeah. So I would, so I would say, Hey, you know, this is me. And, and they would say, Oh, I, you know, and then I would send them a copy of the book and say, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, a light would come on and they say, Oh, okay. I get this. Yeah. I get what you're doing. And, uh, and so that helped a great deal uh, opening a lot of doors for volume three. Um, and, you know, like I said, this was my first, um, uh, my first book really getting hands-on with uh, some stuff from LJN, nice. which, you know, I really wanted LJN to be in some of these, in some of the first books. I've been trying to get Tiger Sharks in since volume one. Uh, happy to report it will be in volume three. Yes. Um, Tiger so, Sharks is a weird one for me. Yeah. As I interrupt you again, Blake, because that's the way I roll. But uh, Tiger Sharks, like I explicitly remember going to Toys R Us as a kid, like my mom bring me there. I think it was like birthday or whatever. Like I'm in Toys R Us and I saw Tiger Sharks on the shelves, but it was prior to the me seeing the cartoon. So mm. I was like looking at them. I was like checking them out and I was like, these look pretty cool. Like I was like into it. And then like my mom was like, all right, you pick pick one thing out and like that's then we're getting out of here and like i was like totally like 
oh man, should I get one of these Tiger Sharks figures? And then I couldn't, I just couldn't figure out which one to get. So I ended up just bailing, bailing out and going back to like, you know, my good old GI Joe or whatever. Cause like I bought every GI Joe figure known to man. Um, <laughs> so I ended up not getting it. And then I think like that weekend or something, I saw the cartoon for the first time and I was like kicking myself. I was like, <laughs> why didn't I get Tiger Sharks? And you're like, can we go back? Can we go back? Please, can we go back? And there was so, yeah. and there was a, they, they had that mechanism that was then used in like the Power Rangers figures with the, the head, the head flip, flip kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So that was a real, it was a real neat line. Uh, that cartoon suffered from being part of that cartoon block uh mm -hmm. that got pushed around the comic strip i think it was called so it was tiger sharks and uh street frogs and or whatever the frog rapping thing was um and a couple of other really forgettable cartoons uh all wedged into this saturday morning block um and it got moved around a lot apparently time-wise so you never could you couldn't like sit down at eight thirty every morning and know that Tiger Sharks was coming on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it it the show was a victim of of that, among the facts that I think that it was, if I'm not mistaken, this was a um, the production company was basically closing down at the time the 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 cartoon was released. So uh, and it was um, was it. Uh, can't remember the company's name uh whoever did the the who was it that did the stop motion christmas stuff the rudolph and rankin uh, bass yeah so it was ranking i think it was a rankin bass thing uh and their production house was basically closing down in 87 uh when when tiger sharks was was being put out there so um yeah, yeah I don't think it was I've... just one of those things I don't think I caught on to it till later myself. Like I remember I was like, Whoa, what is this? Like I'd never seen it before. I, I think it was yeah, like it was after. The, yeah, it's the redheaded it's the redheaded stepchild of the anthropomorphic trilogy that is Thundercats, Silverhawks, and Tiger Sharks. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was so, listening uh, to uh Brian's interview and he was talking about uh he was talking about doing the Thundercats and how everybody was like, okay, cool. When are you going to do Silverhawks? And he's like, so we got through Thundercats and now we're announcing Silverhawks. He's all, and the first question at everyone's mouth is, all right, when are we getting Tiger Sharks? When are you going to do Tiger Sharks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that Tiger Sharks would merit its a return at this point. I just don't think there's a there's a big enough audience there. Well, I mean, yeah. like I said uh, before, like with Thundercats, it's it's become so small now, and then it's even okay. smaller with Silverhawks, and then you could probably cut what Silverhawks is in half with Tiger, Tiger Sharks. Sharks. Yeah, yeah, and probably even probably even more than that. Mm -hmm. um, it's sad too because I I thought it was pretty cool. Like I you know it, like I not... like the toys and I did watch multiple episodes of the cart like i tracked down the cartoon after learning about it and it's like yeah. it was an interesting concept like i don't know i didn't hate it oh no i liked it and it what i really liked too is when they came out with that uh that newer um that newer thundercats cartoon that was on cartoon network they they referenced like that like they had like a screen 
where you know they're showing like other things happening, other and, races, and, uh-huh, stuff. and they showed yeah. uh, what's they his showed Ma- they showed Mako, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and they yeah, also was... showed uh, what's his name the oh god I can't remember his name but the the villain from Silverhawks T Ray yeah. Oh no, Monstar. Yes, That's Monstar. Monstar. Yeah. yeah, they showed. Silverhawks, yeah. yeah, and you know they had planned out like, okay, cool, we're gonna keep rolling with it, and you know they, the show was good. The show had me. Like I have a friend who, he's not into the toy stuff like I am, but he loves like his RoboCop. He loves his Terminator. He loves his Thundercats. You know a lot of his like old nostalgia stuff, and he'll go back and watch it. And he watched that show, and he was like, dude, I really like that. And unfortunately, they they shut it off because the toys weren't moving. Yeah, you know it's important because that's where the money's made. Mm-hmm. So, and they it, should pass that money along to the guys that make the toys. <laughs> oh, sorry did i did I come off as no, jaded? No, not at all. Not even a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, and I think I think too with that is like those were made. Those were American Bandai, if I'm not mistaken. Those were... And did the Thundercats, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there were some decent ones. They did multiple scales. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I I bought those because I apparently buy everything. Mm -hmm. Um, LJN, didn't LJN also... You correct me if I'm wrong, Blake, but didn't they do the A-Team toys too back in the day? That was Galoob. That was Galoob, okay. Yeah. I was re- reminiscing about those fondly the other day because we we just did that uh, Mr. T for Mattel that came out um, the exclusive, and mm-hmm. it's like, man, those old like I want I want a perfect BA Baracus really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so what other teases do you got in store for us for uh, Volume Three? Anything else interesting? You got LJN. Yeah. Yeah, LJN's in there. Uh, there's actually three LJN lines in, oh, wow. uh, in the book. Uh, I tease V on the Kickstarter, so that's one of them. Nice. Uh, Tiger Sharks is one of them, and then the third one, no one's ever heard of, so I'm not gonna not gonna ruin cool. that one. Okay. Um, so right now, you know how the book is split up into the three separate. Um, oh, explain explain that. I know about that, but explain the the. You have like okay. like the comic book versions of the Silver Age and Gold. Yeah, so um, so the book is basically broken up into three uh, subsections. Um, it's loosely the eighties, nineties, and 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 aughts, but I didn't want to call them that. So basically, it's broke. The three uh, sections are called. The first one's called the Golden Age, which basically is your nineteen eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, the dawn the, of action figures. Yes. Yeah. The, which which can be you know hardly uh, disputed as the golden age of action figures. Uh, the 1990s is called the, the darker times, uh, mainly because of the first half. Things got better towards the end of the 90s, but the first half of the 90s was pretty dreadful. Um, and mm-hmm. then, and then the uh, 2000s is called the gilded age. And that's mainly because of companies like Palisades and Soda and a lot of these smaller companies hitting their stride and, and bringing back a little bit of that uh, uh, that that early 80s uh, zest to the community. Really and showing the, the passion for yeah, the passion totally. for the products. Um, and so loosely, you know, I've, I, I, we've kept to that 
and as of right now, um, the book, uh, volume three, has eight lines in each of those subsections. So you're talking 24. Oh, wow. Different, different lines. Uh, I'm not promising that's the way it's going to end up because things are still changing. Okay. Um, uh, because I, I just got a cold, uh, an email out of the blue yesterday from an LJN contact that I've never uh, met before. So oh, that's awesome. Uh, so things could be, yeah, could be moving and in so, a different direction there. And so what's the schedule on this? So the Kickstarter ends when? How Kickstarter ends March the 12th, I think, March around 11, 11.40 uh, a.m. Central Time. But you don't want to wait until then to order your copy. You want to get in there no, right don't. now and order it right now. we haven't funded now. yet, so, so we need to and, fund. And you do have those, as we mentioned earlier, the, the limited um, pledge levels where you can get right. Volume 2 and Volume 3 bundled together, or you can get the Toxic Crusader action figure bundled right. together. Where so it's we like, had, those are limited. Yeah, so we had the limited uh, early bird sets, and those are gone. I that's uh, I got one of those. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had the 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 limited uh, late to the I kind of think I call it late to the after party, which is volume two and volume three, and those are very uh, close to being gone. Um, and uh, the the toxic crusade the action figure one I left open ended because I do have several of those still. I don't think it's going to be a problem <clears throat> doing those. That's it. Um, now now chat migos make blake eat his words everyone order the one with the action figures that way he scrambles that's, that's right you know, go beg brian flynn for more <laughs> to, to make more maybe maybe you can ask him to make a, uh, a a mop a mop for the next one. yeah get a mop the, the, the figure does come with a mop um, yeah. nice. so but uh so we've got so we've got eight eight chapters in each of the sections so far um, you know, I've teased, I teased three chapters on the Kickstarter page. So that's, uh, V from LJN, uh, Skeleton Warriors from Playmates Ooh. and, um, Superman Lives from, uh, Hasbro. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> so a lot of folks, you know, probably if you know the story of Superman Lives, then, uh, you'll know that it was, a a Tim Burton movie that was going to star Nicolas Cage yes. as Superman. Uh, there's a great documentary put out by John Schnepp, uh, may he rest in peace, a few years back about the death of the, the death of Superman lives, basically. basically. Uh, it's uh, actually, I think you can watch it on YouTube, uh, but it's really well done and it gives you a glimpse of what, just how batshit, oh, sorry. Just how crazy, <laughs> just how crazy the Tim Burton Superman was going to look. That I, yeah, you know we what? Saw, I, we saw pictures of been in, yeah, like we've seen pictures of Nicolas Cage in the costume and yeah, stuff. Right. So it's like I, you know, like I'm in the toy industry. I should have known better. Of course, they were developing toys already for sure. Him. But it's like sure. I, mean, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Like so it, that's going to be a cool chapter. Yeah. So that film was under development for almost a year and a half. So, uh, you know, initially there was a script, <clears throat> the script that started the ball rolling for real was done by Kevin Smith. Um, you know, he, he did, um, his treatment of it. And then basically Tim Burton and Nicholas Cage came on board the project 
Burton didn't like Smith's script, so he jettisoned it for his own, you know, so he could do his own thing. But that the initial that initial script was what was given to Hasbro early on to actually start the process of, you know, drawing up concepts and 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 you know sculpting some of this stuff. And there's been one figure I think that's gone around um, that was in Tomarts that was said to have been from the movie. Um, that's him. Uh, I think it's like a four or five inch scale. He's in like uh, this mechanical looking suit. Um, and that is indeed from the film, but there are others that no one has ever seen. Wow. Awesome. There's a, and there's a ton of art that no one's ever seen. Wow. Um, so cool. So we're, I'm pretty excited about that chapter because it's going to be one of the longer chapters in the book um, because we've got so much information uh, about it. And if you, if you know enough about the Kevin Smith script, you probably won't be surprised by the characters they chose to pursue as toys. Let's put it that way. Ah, yeah. Cool. Um, I will also what, say, can you, can you hint, did you say it already or, or can you tease like what, what company was it that was working on the toys? Or it, was it was Hasbro. It was Hasbro. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, you know, um, and if you, if you do the, if you, you go back and you, you, you do the math and you, you line things up, this would have actually been the very first Superman toy line that would have been based on a Superman movie. Because to date, what? there was not a specific Superman toy line to go with any Superman movie. With but, any of the, the wow, you know what? Now that you think, it's, it's yeah. like, yeah, of course. I had yeah. tons of Superman action figures growing up, but they were all, you know, it was like Mego or or like superpowers. I, most of them were just Mego because they had Mego and then the small Mego, the three and three quarter inch Mego are the two Supermans that yeah. I had most of my life and then superpowers yeah crazy yeah so it was never i think migo did those did the dolls that looked like marlon brando and looked like but it was never officially yeah. licensed as as superman the movie stuff it was just generic uh you know superman stuff and it only became later that uh you got but there was never just you know a superman you the last Superman figure before you start talking about Superman lives was probably the Kenner superpowers Superman, which would have been 10 years previous yeah. or over yeah. 10 years previous. Well, what did they, they had the, what was it? Toy biz had that line where they used a lot of the Kenner stuff and they, but they, they kind of re redid that, that mold and whatnot in the nineties because they had, no, it wasn't Kenner. Yeah. It was toy biz. Yeah, it was Toy Biz that had Toy Biz reused old uh -huh. superpowers figures yeah. to make DC stuff. Yeah. And then they had put out the figures for 89 Batman. Um, and then after that it, it the DC stuff all went back to Kenner. But yeah, that was the only one I think I can remember before superpowers. Or I mean after superpowers, in between where you know Superman lives and superpowers would be. Yeah. And then it was animated stuff. That's yeah. It. yeah yeah awesome uh beyond that uh, i'm trying to think of what else um i think the other hint that i've kind of laid out there was that uh 
the very first chapter in the book and the very last chapter of the book are serendipitously from the same genre. Okay. Not much of a hint, but that's, I, I thought I was amused by that. Once I set it all up, I went, Hey, that's kind of good. Funny. Yeah. It's like bookend. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, there's a lot of people that like work to try and do that, and you're all, oh, okay. And I was just totally, yeah, and, I, and, I, and I'll say this. <laughs> this is pure luck. Yeah. And I'll say this, too, because I think I've already said this. The very first line in the book is from 1980. Okay. The last line in the book is from 2013. All right. So I, I now, see, now you have me, so it's like I want to, like, guess and stuff. So, so. Are either of the lines lines that existed and had toys released, or are they one of those lines where it's like nothing got released? They're you both. Got, you cover they, both. Yeah, they are both uh, lines that had stuff released. Oh, okay. So, so there's stuff that we should generally be familiar with. It's just yeah, stuff that was unreleased from lines that we're familiar with. Right. Right. Huh. Okay. So is it, it fantasy? <laughs> He's not going to tell it is, you. It is not fantasy. I'll say All that. right. All right. Outer space. Um, like um, you don't it have is, to. It is, it is not fantasy. I will say that. <laughs> All right. I'm just digging. Yep. I know you are. Hey, that's the way I roll. I'm sorry, Blake. You know yeah, I love impatient you. Adam. So how, okay, how yeah. much farther do we have to go to get to make sure we're funded here? Um, we're over 85%, yeah, we're, right? We're, yeah, we're about 85% there. It's right at 30,000, a little over $30,000. Okay. So and, the goal is 35. And, so, um, but there are stretch goals to unlock, uh, additional bonus chapters that I would love to at least hit one or two of those. And so we have just the, what is it for just the book is 60, right? Yeah, so the book um, is, is $60, uh, plus I think it's $10 shipping in the U.S. Uh, outside of the U.S., unfortunately, it cost a mint to ship that thing. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a it's big boy. Yeah, so the box with the book in it, it weighs about four pounds. And to ship it to a place like the U.K. right now, unfortunately, will cost you as much as the book itself. What about it's Australia? Really Australia, really... <laughs> Australia, it'll cost you, it cost about 75 bucks to ship it to Australia. One of the other nerdy book things that I love about it is it has the the little, the super book, bookmark ribbon. Yeah, yeah, bookmarks man. that way you don't, you don't have to lose your spot. That's right. So, hey man, you, you, you fly Air Blake, you fly first class, you know? <laughs> so 85 gets you the book and the exclusive Toxie figure, right? Right. And the Toxie is really cool because if you see that, if you look at the picture on uh, on the actual Kickstarter, we didn't do it carded. We actually did it in a in a mailer box, oh, something like you would have done. Okay, like you would have seen back in the you know Kenner days when you're mailing away for stuff. Um, and there's an address label on there that's actually addressed to Melvin Ferd, who is the character's <laughs> name from the movie. 1984 Newcomb Road, Tromaville, nice. New Jersey. Nice. So we went, we went all out. It was really cool. Uh, Brian and I worked on that one together because I really didn't want it to be on a card because I knew I would have to deal with a lot of damage packaging that way. Especially yeah. if I was shipping them overseas. Next, uh, next time you talk to Brian, you'll have to tell him to come over here and uh, hang out with us sometime. I'm sure he would. Yeah. Brian's a cool, 
It's not like we know anyone else that knows him, Chaney. Jeez. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Blake, you do it. It's yeah, on you. No, it. <laughs> so the next step up is the deluxe set, right? And that's for 100. Right. And this is the first time we've done this. Uh, so we added some general uh you know knickknacky kind of stuff i'm we're gonna do a i love unproduced toys uh enamel pin which okay. that design that design was done by me and sam wells who runs toy de jour out of chicago which is a neat little uh vintage toy store um and uh there's also going to be a keychain a rubber keychain that's that's that i i heart unproduced toys uh deal uh, there's a, a Return of the Jedi themed uh, Toys at Time Forgot Volume 3 logo sticker. Nice. And we're also going to do a pack of six trading cards, uh, which um, the design on those isn't finalized yet. I'm still working on getting the right look for those. Okay. Uh, because I, I, I'm struggling between making them all look like they were vintage versus having some of the more modern stuff look more modern and having the vintage stuff look more vintage. And uh, I just haven't really settled on a good direction for that yet, but I've got a little bit of time. So we'll, we will get that straightened out. Uh, I, I, I opt for vintage, sir. That's yeah. What... That's where I'm, that's where I'm leaning to. Yeah. Truthfully. The, just to make the, look. the wax pack that Mezco just recently did with their doc nocturnal <sighs> figures. I, love those I haven't again. seen that. Oh, do you dude. have that? I'll, yeah, let yeah, me go I'll grab send some pictures. There, Show oh, me some pictures. Or yeah, Jane, you'll just get them right now. Well, if it, you, was, yeah. it was funny because literally right before um, we, we got you on, my wife had like picked up that pack and she was like, what are you going to do with these? And I'm like, I just... <laughs> listen, <laughs> so, woman, yeah. you let me collect my trading cards. Yeah. Well, I don't buy that many cards anymore. I'm not 12 It's anymore. great because they even, they did the old school wax, wax yeah. pack I'll, style. I'll that, right like, I looked in the... Yeah. I looked into doing that. That is not cheap. Uh, oh, you, I mean, you pay for it with Mezco. <laughs> like that, yeah. the dog nocturnal figure was, I, I think that figure was over a hundred bucks. So mm. yeah, it was, it was not cheap. And that's, that's Mezco's um, own intellectual property too. So it's right. like, no, we were, we were certainly paying for that wax pack for sure. Oh, right absolutely. On. All right. Let me switch back to camera view here. Oh, hold on. I'll put my shirt back on. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know if you can... Okay, yeah. That's the wax pack. That's cool. Yeah, that's like really kind cool. Of, it's kind of resealable, too, right? It, I, like a little bit? Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of flaps open here, and I haven't even opened it yet. Oh, really? No. It's good. Like, they all the cards have, obviously, art on them, and then um, further story stuff on Doc Nocturnal. So... I like I loved it. It was like a great little include. I appreciate that more than the t-shirts that I'm never gonna wear. I really so. do. I, I agree with you on that. Like, like I liked it so much and it like it was such a like awesome throwback that I like I said, I still haven't opened them. And they've just been kind of like sitting and like I said, my wife was like, What are you gonna do with these? I'm like, I don't I just I I like them. I you know. Maybe if Mezco had wide neck t-shirts, I would actually wear the ones that they package with their action figures. Never happen. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and continue here. Um, so 
we had the next one and that is the the 110 um late late to the after party so this one you're going to get volume two and three correct right okay and then the next one is 120 and this one gets that's two for the show i think okay right? yep yep so you get two copies of volume two or volume three so that nice. you can you can gift one right which would be a very nice gift like honestly guys like the the quality of these books are top notch so it's like this is one that you, you know while you may be and, and this is going to sound bad and everyone's going to hate me as usual but like they you may be embarrassed by your action figure collection you know like and it's like oh, i'm gonna keep these in the other room this is a book where it's like i non-action figure fans can even appreciate it you know the artwork that's in it the photographs of the sculptures and it's like oh these are unproduced toys like people that are not into toys can get into this because it's really cool and and it's a beautifully done book thank you Sorry, I'm no. shilling for you. <laughs> Keep up the good work, my friend. <laughs> so then the next one is 160, and you get the book in a Superman Lives art print. Yeah, so that's the Doomsday print. Um, so the way this worked is that I uh, was in contact with the lead um, designer on that line for Hasbro. And I had a photo, I had some art that uh, was shared with me from the line that, uh, uh, that showed Doomsday. And um, I reached out to the artist once I found him and I said, hey, is this your work? And he's like, yeah, it is actually. And when, I, when it came down to me wanting to do um, an art print, because we've done one for the last two Kickstarters, um, I was like, would you object to me, uh, you know, using this as a print for, for the Kickstarter? He goes, oh man, that's really not my best work. He goes, can I, can, can I draw you something now and then you can use it? And I was like, yeah, yeah man, if, you, if you want to. <laughs> that's awesome. So he actually drew out uh, a, a, what, you know, a, a full uh, bodied, doomsday as basically it as it was envisioned in the movie back then but the drawing is a current drawing he drew it in 2020 um but it's coming from the guy who was the lead on the project for hasbro so wow i'm using that his new drawing as the art print for uh for the super awesome. level it is an yeah. awesome drawing. he did a really good job it's an awesome drawing now I'm regretting that I backed it for the early bird and it's like all this other cool stuff. Like, geez, <laughs> thanks, Blake. <laughs> I need to upgrade my pitch or not something. My, not my fault, man. And then you have the, <laughs> the retailer uh, pledge and that is to get uh, six copies uh, of the book. Ideally, you want everyone to get that one, right? Well, I mean, that's <laughs> the, it's, sure. But it's this, you know, that's the steepest discount. Uh it's more of a wholesale type uh, situation for, you know, area comic book shops or uh, gift shops or anybody who wanted to 
Cheney, um, if we had backed that, since you're not that far away from me, we could have gave you, Ernie could have had one, you could have had one, I could have had one, and we could have split the shipping costs, and then we could have each had an extra one to gift people. Yes. What were we yes. thinking? This is what we should do. Right. It's actually it, it's actually a good uh, out for um, people who are overseas because the shipping yeah. while, while shipping one book costs 70 bucks but shipping two books doesn't cost 140 it costs yeah. you know 85 oh that's so, go so, in with your your overseas so you, friends so I, if you have a bunch of friends and you're over in the uk or whatever then you go for that one it'll cost you more like you know uh maybe maybe it's a hundred dollars to ship that yeah that size book or whatever but you just chop your shipping you know yeah. per book price you know by you know, into a fraction of what it would and you divvy been. that up with your imaginary friends that you don't have because you're a toy collector. Uh, I just true. wanted to address something real quick dark. here. I went dark. I, I wanted to uh, address something real quick. Um, the Hound and Jesse Lewis. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know uh, what Ronald did. He doesn't know what he did. He Maybe he just got way too drunk on his uh, – moderator power he deleted all of their comments <laughs> just for those two guys and he timed them out yeah so he's like nope yeah. you guys don't get to play anymore yeah it's like so, those, those guys are both sweethearts too the wrestling yeah. hound and jesse, and jesse Lewis, every yeah. show they're always here yep, really yep. good guys and it's like nope he's just like banned yeah yeah so <laughs> apparently he he's had uh one too many chiladas and he's blasted on his power right now um so I, I apologize to to Jesse and I apologize to the wrestling hound. Um, uh, he said we still he, love you both. Oh yes, yes, exponential <laughs> amounts of love here. Uh, I I just um, he said he doesn't know what happened. Um, and then we have Urban Spidey who's like, what's going on here? So I just wanted I wanted to address that real quick just in case I wasn't able because Jesse already wrote me and was like, dude, what did I do? I'm sorry. Cause he's such a sweetheart, and I'm like, no, you're you're good, Ronald. Uh, Why Ronald did you made... ban? Yeah, <laughs> what did I do wrong? Yeah. So I just wanted to address that real quick. Sorry. This is this is how we keep the chat migos around. Yeah, yeah, we you we give ban them. Spanking every once yeah. in a while. Hey, you watch your mouth. <laughs> watch your mouth. Nice. All right, and then the last one we have here is the fifty-five or more. Uh, well, that was the early bird. Okay, that's yeah, sold yeah. Out. It says we're born. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. That's that really... was the one that I I got, and you guys all slept on. Ha ha ha. Okay, okay. But although I what would, I do like to yeah, you've got plus you've got the um the stock on this of like how many are left and whatnot. So you guys definitely, yeah. um, you know. Get over here. Yeah, there's pledge to this. What is it? 20 days left of campaign, but don't wait until the last minute. Everyone waits the last minute in Kickstarters, and that sucks. We like the whole point of Kickstarters is like not to sit and wait until the end, it's to get it funded so that way you can build on those funds and start to add these extra, like the stretch stretch goals. goals. And then, yeah, that's it's what you want, what we all want. And it's like, here's the deal. What you pay isn't going to change. You're going to bid what you like. You put your pledge in now, whatever that is, whatever level it is. And as the stretch goals are hit by more people pledging, 
you get more for that money that you put in. Right. Like you're not putting in extra money. You get extra stuff, guys. So it's so crazy to me that Kickstarter mindset of waiting to the end because not only is that the case where you want the stretch goals to hit so that way you get more value for your money, but Kickstarter doesn't charge you until the end of the campaign anyway. So it's like by you bidding on putting a pledge in on day one, you're not getting charged on day one. You're getting charged on the last day anyway. No matter what, you get charged at the end. So don't rest on your laurels. Go get back things that you like. You know, like if you're in this, throw your dollars at it now because it's virtual dollars until the campaign <laughs> ends. Sorry, I get a little bit passionate about this kind of stuff, having gone through it before. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, it's it's for sure. Uh, and if we don't, you know, if we don't reach the goal, then there is you don't get charged, and there is no book. So, well, I can, but I can, we, we, I can say with happening. twenty days to go, and where you're at, like, yeah, we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I, I, I highly yeah. doubt. And usually, you get that flux of people that like to wait till the last minute anyway. Well, because there's that there's that mechanism on kickstarter where you can click to remind you within 48 hours of the thing closing so you know you go by you see one you like you click that little thing you move on because you'll get an email two days before it right it's over to remind you to go in there and, and bid if, or pledge if you're going to or just I'm guilty of that right on, now. i'm guilty of that on occasion it happens but you'll also but you'll also see that i have backed 57 kickstarters in my day so i'm not oh I'm not just a user of the platform. Oh, what, what can we uh, can we get a couple uh, highlights of that? I'm not an Man, explorer you, of the platform. You, you ran circles around me. I've only backed 22. I thought yeah, I did a lot. I backed 22 campaigns. Yeah, so I think I'm at 57. I'm not uh, or somewhere in there for sure. Um, so I've backed um, some animated movies. Um, I've backed um, a few books myself, um, some documentaries. Uh, I was big on uh, backing documentaries um, like uh, uh, The Power of Grayskull, which was the, the He-Man documentary that, that came out a few years back. Um, uh, there was a guy doing a, a documentary on Kurt Vonnegut, uh, who's one of my favorite nice. authors back that one uh some of the gi joe books done by uh dan klingensmith i i uh backed uh some action figure ones uh amazing heroes that's bill murphy's thing i, I backed those um vitruvian the very first vitruvian hacks uh okay. the boss fight boss fight yeah i uh legends of cthulhu the warpo line Ooh, uh, warpo yeah. and warpo's which in is volume in two, which is in volume two yeah it is yeah. uh you're you're a saint for doing this because like if we went through mine there's some embarrassing really not toy related ones that i've had <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm skipping over those I'm, yeah <laughs> you're, you're, you're skipping over those adam um suggested ones yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I am elemental, which was the uh, uh, the girl action figure yeah. thing. Oh yes. Uh, back that from back in the day. A few other books. Uh, the four horsemen, the Groth, the Gothatropolis ravens, the the birds that they did. Yeah. Uh, Those are rad. Yeah, that's that's 
ways back for sure yeah it's a ways back did you um uh, are you getting in on any of those uh those newer waves not the uh the video game mythic ones legion. but the athelia is that what it is the athelia wave the mythic legion stuff i mm-hmm. i didn't get into mythic legions because i knew that once i did that was going to cost me a lot of money <laughs> it is it's like and That's... and i don't have a, i don't really have a lot of space to to display a lot of stuff so it would it would not be, uh, I mean, they would sit in a box and it just wouldn't, yeah. that's no, that's no place for those things. Cause they're, they're gorgeous. So what, um, what, what kind of stuff are you picking up right now? If you're picking up any, like, um, cause I know you said you buy some stuff and then let it go. And yeah. So current, current stuff out there, I am buying, uh, select star Wars, black series stuff, mainly, uh, Mandalorian related. Because uh, I got hooked into that just like every, almost everybody else. So good. Um, so good. Yeah, I I am buying uh, GI Joe classified, but I'm only buying uh, the Cobra stuff. Okay. Not buying the. the Wait, heroes. how are you buying those? Are you finding them? <laughs> I found I found Firefly. I found Firefly about two weeks ago, wow. but I haven't found Viper at all. Oh. Um, I have to I, would, I have to rely on Chat Migos helping me to get any of those toys. Yeah, In LA, I, uh, no chance. Yeah. I was very lucky to find uh the Baroness and the bike um at a at a nearby target when that was yeah actually when Cheney. that was starting to go away. I actually found one. Cheney um, and Ernie have a story about the Baroness and almost getting in a fist fight with people over it. Not awesome. me. Oh so, yeah, there's that. Ernie, not yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, and then plus we had waited. We were there. Yeah, we waited two hours for them to get the to bring it out. This guy so right here, I waited about yeah, an hour awesome. for to get my hands on, and I still just like I don't know. Like after going through all that, like having it in hand, I'm like it just kind of like it kind of like soils the the figure a little bit. <laughs> Because I literally had to, like, me and the other guys that were there, we had to go back and forth with the employee. And she's, like, trying to get get us out of there by any means. And it's just, like, we yeah. just want to buy these toys. Like, we're not even trying to flip them or anything. Like, we just want the figures, you know? So my, yeah. So my oddest uh, current collecting thing is that because I, because Brian has been really good to me and I love the stuff Super 7 is doing, but again, the proposal of going all in on these ultimates is just too expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I am buying whatever he does in ultimates that's glow in the dark. Oh, so you get oh, you got the Mumra it. then? So I have Mumra, I have Baxter Stockman, nice, and I have and I I, I actually have the regular Toxy that I want to trade for the glow in the dark one. Did you tell him that? Say Brian, trade me. <laughs> Well, yeah, he doesn't have any more. He actually he did assist with the Baron with the Baxter Stockman thing because I kind of missed the boat on that one, and he pointed me in the right direction to find one. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, and those will be the I think those are the only three so far he's done in Glow in the Dark. So oh, yeah, Jesse um, Lewis, one of our uh, our Chad Migos here, he says he had no problem winning Baroness. He uh, he won Baroness. Cheney gave show. away a Baroness on the show, like just free giveaway during the course of the show which was which was madness that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah so that's basically it what led i got to a very controversial giveaway <laughs> that's basically rounds out the 
what I'm buying currently. Okay, uh, cool. You know, I um, there's nothing else really out there. I I got tempted by like he meant the Masters Origin stuff and uh, a few other things, but mainly it's 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 Mandalorian based Black Series. Yeah, Mandalorian based <laughs> Black Series stuff. Um, the Joe uh, Cobra stuff, and then. Uh, do you have a two hundred dollar dollar Cara Dune right now? I do. You know what? I I uh, back when uh, there was such a thing as going to toy shows. Um, is that Vernon? Yeah. 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 Creepy, creepy Vernon. <laughs> so back when there was a, such a thing as a toy show, I would uh, I. I would set up locally every once in a while to help sell some books. And what what I would do sometimes is I would go out and purchase a few hot toys, you know, just just to have on the table so it attract attention and say, oh, by the way, I write these books uh, in case the book didn't do the job itself. And I looked in the closet the other day in the box that I had, you know, the stuff that didn't sell from last from past toy shows, and I have three Black Series Caradoons. Oh my gosh! There. Yeah. there you go, dude. And I'm you like, can sell those, and you can and you can back your own Kickstarter campaign. That's right. So <laughs> am, I the, am, am I the asshole that sells them for 150 bucks a piece? Or no, no kinda, they're going hey. for over two right now. Oh, You're Jesus. sitting on six hundred dollars a Caradoon, man. Yeah, well, I need to know that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to show off this wonderful saber tooth, uh, or quote unquote saber tooth head sculpt here from uh, the sculptor shelf artist that is the mystery that is the sculpt shelf. Yes, um, there's certainly there, not I, I know and I work with. Nope, not that at all. Be... No, I <laughs> nope, not even close. Nope. There, there is a review on our channel. Um, we also have reviews up for three of the House of X powers of X figures so far. You got Wolverine. You put, yeah, you posted Wolverine, Magneto, Magneto and, and then, yeah. The rest are coming, though. I guarantee it. Just hang in there. I'm having fun with it, actually. I'm taking my time. So, Do you have this yet, Janie? Um, Did you get yours? Uh, good thing is I I uh, oh, I got art, the heads arts. on the, yeah, but my uh, my one uh, one of the, one of the many cases that I ordered is on its way, so I'm excited for that, I'm excited if you will, yes. yes. I just love how Evangelion this thing is mm-hmm. with three heads. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's see. So I'm going to go ahead and make sure to put all your information and your links and everything in the description for the video. So if you guys want to, you can hit the links there, go back this thing, you know, let's make sure that uh, we get this book made. We don't want the book to be, you know, volume three to end up being, you know, the book that time forgot. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, let's not do that. Yeah, not at all. Um, I want to thank you so much for taking out the time to sit here and, you know, talk toys with us and talk about your books and deal with Adam mostly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe Van Wickler will finally leave me the hell alone. Possibly. I, that's not a guarantee. I, that's, you know, once, 
once volume one gets reprinted and once volume three arrives don't don't then believe him maybe i'll back off a little bit no he's gonna be you got, where's a, you volume got a few four? months though. yeah he's gonna be like yeah. where's volume four where's volume four right right that's you know that was exactly what happened when volume one came out the first thing i you know barely had a chance to read it and where's volume two where's volume two where's yep. volume two yep Where's volume three? Where's volume three? So, well, yeah, well, it's a good thing. It's a good problem to have though. That means people enjoy it. And, you know, I, I will definitely be, uh, ordering myself because I want these. I think, uh, even my, my father would enjoy reading these. Um, that's one thing that we do, you know, kind of like share is like, you know, stories like this, a lot of it is the story, the, the, the adventure behind it, the, the reasoning of, of what happened and whatnot. So, you know, I'm definitely moving forward, going to be, uh, I, we got to make sure that you get this thing funded, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been, uh, quite a six year trip for me, you know, putting these together. Um, and I wouldn't take a minute, I wouldn't take a minute of it back. It's been, uh, it's been a hell of a, a hell of a ride and made a lot of friends along the way. And, uh, was able to strengthen some other relationships uh, with with people who were just acquaintances. So yeah, I mean it was it was really awesome, and uh, I'm just glad that these books have been as well received as they've been. And um, you know, as a first time author, uh, you know, but long time journalist, uh, it was really uh, it was a very humbling experience. And I, I just hope that uh, Volume Three lives up to the to the two that are already out there. I, I think it does. All right. Awesome. All right. So where can we reach you? Um, yeah. So uh, most of my social media revolves around Facebook for the most part. So uh, the book has a Facebook page, facebook.com slash toys that time forgot. There's also an Instagram uh, page for it. That's at toys that time forgot all run together. Uh, if you're a Twitter person, uh, you can find me at Blake underscore E underscore right. Uh, and yeah, it's that about rounds it out as far as. Um, I like if media. you're a Twitter person, it's totally true. Well, Twitter I mean, it's, I, I, I really don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't really do Twitter a lot. Uh, I'm actually on yeah. Twitter. Oh, yeah. I, I'm in that same boat. I like go on yeah. there and I'm like. Yeah, yeah I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter now because I'm actually doing this little animation thing on the side, uh, yet another side project uh, <laughs> that I'm trying to get off the ground and a lot of animation folks hang out on Twitter. So, so I'm on Twitter. There you that. go. And Adam, where can we find you, sir? Uh, I'm playing with myself. Okay. Just about everywhere. Uh, I'm Cheney 180. You could uh, follow me Cheney 180 on Instagram. Uh, Adam, why don't you go ahead and take us on home, sir? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Come on. You're doing this on purpose because I don't know how to do it. Uh, follow, go join the Toy Amigos Facebook page and the Facebook group. Those are two different things, guys. It's uh -huh. two different areas of Facebook that you can enjoy Toy Amigos. Yes. But the important place is the Toy Amigo Discord. Our awesome moderator, Urban Spidey. Not yes. Berserk. He's not the awesome moderator. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's the questionable moderator. He dropped a link too, but go check out the link. The link is in the chat. 
Discord is like a great little like message board kind of chat room that's all hours of the day. It's always popping in there. Mm -hmm. Guys are always talking about toys and um, I'm always talking about inappropriate stuff. It's great. It, yep. It's one of my favorite social media areas these days. Like yes. it's just fun nonsense talking with uh, like-minded crazy individuals. So um, go check that out for sure. Uh, you can follow Ernie at the Fallen Fet and something something Disney. How, how we do Disney? Do, yeah, how we do how Disney? He does Disney. He does Disney. Yep. Um, the one and only Dario, '80s baby. Um, give him a follow. Obviously, the Toy Migos account and our very own Cheney 180. I also am doing two little projects: Cursed Ed, Mortal Ruin. You can go give those a follow. I promise there'll be updates someday. And, and a new podcast, right? Oh, there is. There's that. I'm doing a podcast with uh, Dave Vonner and Richard Mayrick from uh, the Netflix Toys That Made Us. It's going to be called For the Culture. It just got announced on Deadline today. I have no idea when it's coming out. I know it like literally don't tell me anything. So I just it got announced. So, yeah, there's a thing there. Awesome. And then uh, Toy Amigos, Toy Amigos, Toy Amigos. <laughs> yeah, Toy Amigos .com, Toy Amigos Twitter, Toy Amigos Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Discord. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to Lago Fix. Um, he is helping us out with a few other things now, so he has uh, become a member of the team, if you will. So give he's graduated from he Chat Migo to Toy Migo status. Yes, yes. So give him a huge shout out. Um, you know, thank you so much. And you know, we we got more reviews coming. I'm gonna finish this House of X, Powers of X wave. Uh, thank you guys so much for all the awesome comments and likes and shares. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, but lastly, thank you again, Blake, for taking the time out to hang out with us tonight. Um, you know, you're more than welcome to come back whenever you want, sir. We would love to have you back. I would love to have you back with Ernie because I think Ernie would love to pick your brain. He, uh, he, he's, he's another one that just loves the hunt, man. He loves, he the would hunt. love the star Wars chapter with the playmate stuff mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and then remember like a minute ago when I said Urban Spidey was the best mo moderator, uh, he's not anymore. So that's okay. Just, okay. Cause he, he says he misses Ernie's You know what? He what? You know what? You're Spidey, Spidey number two, Adam. He missed Ernie's outros. Oh, yeah. He was making well, fun of my outro already. All right. All right. Immediately. Well, with that being said, I'm Cheney 180. I'm playing with myself. And this and is Blake. I'm, I'm, I'm Blake Wright. There you go. <laughs> he has a real name. Yes. <laughs> and remember, guys, they're not dolls. Plus Ultra. <laughs>